please note, we are not giving expert medical advice. Our content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you do need to talk to someone, please look in the show notes where you'll find helpline phone numbers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Series 2, Episode 8 of We Are All A Bit Mental. It's a chat show where we aim to question and challenge the rather wonderfully complex and often slippery subject of mental health. I'm Neil Harrington, and today I'm nicely snuggled up on our virtual sofa between Lynn Ferguson and Chesney Hawke. Hello, everybody. Hello there, everybody. Oh, sorry, I was copying your accent. <laughs> Who was that? Where are we, Brigadoon? What the hell? I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I apologise profusely. Yeah, you know what? Right. Every time we start a show, right, I do find it highly amusing because I hate the intro bit. It's, it, it feels like something, <laughs> given the format of the show, of what we're doing, it, it's something yeah. that's so necessary but also so pointless and then a bit of a letdown it sort of makes me chuckle when we all go hello with average enthusiasm because like too much enthusiasm would be ridiculous right I suppose do you know I feel I should have that on my resume about me necessary but a bit pointless and a little letdown right I could have that what we need at the beginning after our intro is this right (laughs) Oh, sit down. Yeah. Sit down. Enough. Enough. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hello, Croydon. <All> right. <laughs> oh, go on then. Keep going. God, that was so loud. I could hear the virtual underwear being thrown at Chesney. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. It's a new feature. We'll turn it down. Right. Hey. So, um, we'll pull him down. What were you going to say? <laughs> Who's pulling well, what down? I was just going to say that I don't think we do need that because I think part of the point of the podcast, part of the point of the podcast, there you go, a bit of alliteration. Yeah. Um, Sometimes when we're a bit rubbish, it just allows people to recognise that we're completely normal, right? Because everybody's <laughs> a bit rubbish from time to time. We don't really glamorise the podcast, do we? We're like, no, it's you know, true. we sort of we're turn us. Busking. <laughs> I know, I suppose I just feel it should have some sort of, hello, do you know what I mean, at the uh, beginning. You know, I always have that when people say doing a show, right? Because in my head somewhere, I think a show should have like a singing and dancing routine. <laughs> right. Like I always think of it like a Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland thing. So when, Yeah, doing a number, right? Doing a turn. Yeah, when you're doing a panel <laughs> game or something like that, when you're just turning up to like have an opinion on a, you know, head on a stick thing and they say, hey, welcome <laughs> to the show and you're like, this really is this a show really is this a show well seeing as i'm doing the music i think you guys should do the dance oh Oh. Oh. well just i'm glad there's no (laughs) that's only going one way anyway (laughs) um so look today's uh show is on the topic of consumerism uh later on in the show our guest will be writer and advertising copywriter paul burke and we will be discussing all things Spending related, like how those big brands manage to constantly part us from our hard-earned cash and our relationship with money. So before Paul joins us, let's lube ourselves up for our discussion today, Ooh, shall we, team? Lubing. Sounds interesting. Let's, let's get lube. It's a bit cold. <laughs> I have a vivid memory of consumerism, of, of the penny dropping of how ridiculous it was. And I've had a fetish for motorbikes for years. Every three years, I'd buy a new motorbike and did that for 20-odd years. And I remember the last one I bought, I had this wonderful BMW, which did everything I needed and I very much enjoyed. And one day I was walking past this showroom and I saw this Ducati and my jaw dropped and I was like, I have to own that. 
six weeks later, I bought another 20 grand motorbike. And I remember after owning it for about two weeks, I remember the day, I'll never forget it, I got off it and I walked round to the front of the house and I looked at it and I thought, I just spent 20 grand. Why, mm. why have I done that? The BMW was the most enjoyable, amazing machine. It was only three years old. I'd had it since, why have I done this? And it was, the, it was like the day consumerism stopped and the penny dropped for me. <laughs> so, but was it sold to you or, or, did it, or was that like all in your head? You just, no, it was all in my head. I just saw it in the window and yeah. went, I, I, I need to have that. I totally get that, actually, because we are, I mean, we can totally find that out from Paul, but we are <clears throat> bombarded with the idea that happiness lies on the outside, like, yeah. that if we get something, we'll be happy. Um, yeah. rather than happiness is on the inside. There's a weird mm -hmm. one, and I remember certainly growing up, that um, my mother had a thing about... she. Like My mother was like curvy and uh, beautiful, but she was very concerned that she was just beyond a size 16, right? She really wanted to be a size 16. And then why she wanted to be a size 16 is she thought that all... Well, actually, all the clothes that she wanted to wear were a size 16, right? That I, I feel like we are marketed at that we could be better people and we could be better people if we have this thing, if we buy this thing, if we wear this thing, right? That it's not that if you're content with where you're at at the moment, it just means that you're lazy. It doesn't yeah. mean that you're happy. Yeah. yeah. And, and that then that is self-perpetuating almost and that just that consumerism becomes a state of mind doesn't it? Yeah. I wasn't particularly sold that motorbike. I just walked past it and I went, oh my God, I want that. I can only relate to that with guitars. Like if, yeah. I, if I've had that before where I've sat a guitar on my lap and just went, well, that's coming home with yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, but it's happening. But do you think you grow out of it? Is that the right? Is there a real, there was a realisation for me or is it a penny drop moment or everybody have, does it happen differently? Do you just grow out of it? How, what moment does the well, light bulb go on and you go, hang on a minute? Well, I think there's, there's also another side to this where, you know, maybe, you know, as a young person, you might be a little bit more gullible and kind of, you know, listen to adverts and, and consumer, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. And then you realise, you know, what, what it is, it's a business. And, and of course, mm. nowadays with the, with the online, you know, Facebook targeted ads and things like that, it's kind of, it's really, really powerful, isn't it? But then when you get to a certain age, like maybe maybe our parents' age, they, then they, they suddenly, uh, you get a little bit more gullible about these things again, mm. you know? And you, right, and so, yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a, peak there's a kind of a, an arc, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're in a, we're in that stage where we're like, I'm not listening to any of it. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> a reason that the either. the Sunday Telegraph is littered with little adverts selling anything aimed at anyone over sort of 55, isn't yeah. it? From the comfy slipper yeah. to the two million pound retirement home lodge by Saga. The, yeah, Lake. You know, <laughs> you know, the pandemic Cruises. really <laughs> helped me with that. The pandemic was really useful because there was a point in. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm particularly a big spender, right? Big spender. Because I, because of, because the circumstances, I ended up having a mortgage by the time that I was 19. So mm. I've always had like, shit, I have to pay this, right? Yeah. Um, but um, 
the pandemic, one of the things that I had to do, or I felt I had to do, was shoes, shoe-based. Because if you're going on <laughs> a show, right, you go on a show or something, and and um, and you walk on, you can't just not have decent shoes. It's, <clears throat> it's part of the thing. My dad used yeah. to say, good shoes, good teeth. But during the <laughs> pandemic, right, I looked in my closet, and I was like, all of these shoes are valueless. Nobody yeah. is going anywhere in this shit anymore, <laughs> right? Nobody. And also, like, <clears throat> because during the pandemic it was about comfort, or it is about comfort, and how do you find yeah. comfort? I'm like, why would I put that shit on? Like, that <laughs> shit hurts. It hurts, right? It's never going on. So the pandemic sort of changed it for me, and the, I would, like... Mm. I all the time was looking at what do I need? Like, I sort of feel like the pandemic, I had a bit where I was like, not hangry, but you know that way where you're like, I want something, but I don't know what it is that I want, but I yeah. want something, but I don't know what it is that I want. But I knew Pan that, yeah, nothing on the outside could help. Sorry, Chase. The pandemic for me, like, as far as clothes go, like, is that I would have had like a bunch of stage clothes, uh, you know, that I kind of save for, for gigs and <laughs> TVs and things like that. That's what yeah. I do. And because no one was going out and everything was closed and not anything, I just kind of wore everything. And now, yeah. now I've got no stage clothes. They're all, you know, hanging off and holes in the knees. and Because so. <laughs> nobody went out. I'm not going to put it down to the pandemic. I'm going to put it down to once you get over 40, right, there's two things that happen in life. And that is comfort is king, right? And the other thing is every bowel movement is a celebration. Oh, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's not pandemic related at all as far as I'm concerned <laughs> it's age related absolutely you know onesies and socks and sliders yeah mate. nothing wrong with that as far as I'm concerned I'm in, I'm, I'm in my slippers right now <laughs> <laughs> no one's selling me anything I'm in my slippers and my leisure wear and I'm not buying did you, anything else did you say leisure you said leisure wear yeah, yeah that's what leisure, you guys say you've been hanging out it. with us too much yeah right? leisure wear yeah yeah, you could get punched for saying that in Scotland. <laughs> it's leisure wear, love. It's leisure wear. You get punched leisure for saying wear. it or wearing it in Scotland. Which way around is it? Both. Um, you know, the thing that we, Mark and I, have this constant um, discussion about stuff to buy because he likes buying stuff. He does. He does, huh? Oh, yes. he does. Packages turn up all the time. Oh, but you know what he's really interested in? He's not in interested in anything that looks pretty, right? That's not his thing. It's all like this smart stuff, like yeah, uh, smart, smart light switches. So now, like, we have this constant freaking <laughs> argument because I'm like, can I not? Yeah. Well, no, because like in order to put the kitchen lights on, you have to go kitchen lights on and then the kitchen lights come on. And I'm like, whatever happened to the days? I like this switch. I like a reassuring hand on the wall. And we've got like one of those Roomba things, except it's not a Roomba, it's a different, more... You know, yeah, he was very proud to show me. I came round the other oh, day, and right? he said he's got all sorts of things on his phone. He'd be like, "Look, I can turn yeah. this light on there. I can turn that <laughs> to a different colour. Yeah. I can start the vacuum cleaner with this one right here." <laughs> you know what I was going to say is yeah. that people who know me know that my background, right? Because this is something I want to raise with Paul, right? Because how yeah. would you get someone like me? But I think I know it is there's marketing done for people who are uh, cheapskates, right? So <laughs> like my background was that there was no money my dad. Right, when we were young, right? So my, my dad was the only one working by the, when I was born. So my mother, the, the two of them had four children under the age of eight 
and my dad was working night shifts on the mail trains, right? So we um, learned to make do with stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so I still have this thing, this kind of famine thing that at any point in time shit could happen. So my buying qualities are, I really like to buy things secondhand, not yeah. like underwear or equipment yeah. or anything like that. You're very good on Craigslist. Oh, then. but Craigslist, she which is this thing. Oh my God, which... Uh, for over in the UK, Craigslist is this sort of online marketplace, I guess. It's like where yeah, people it's kind sell... kind of like eBay, but you don't have to pay the... Yeah, you don't uh, bid percentage. or anything. You don't you, bid, it's just yeah. Yeah, someone yeah. for just, sale. And... Yeah, you just email the person and say whatever. So I, have a, I, I, do, I don't know what it is in me, but I have a thing about, especially now with the environment and all that stuff, I, I like to get things that have already existed yeah. and mm. change them into being my things, right? Yeah. So My I, dad's I, always like, he loves a deal. Everything oh, has to be a deal. And it comes from, I, I mean, it comes from yeah. the fact that he grew up poor. Yeah. You know, there was, there was a, his whole family, five siblings, you know, in one, one room in Shepherd's Bush. So, you know, everything mm. was hand to mouth and so so now like he you know he loves a breakfast he loves to go out for breakfast but he has to find the breakfast that is like you know 150 <laughs> it's like it doesn't matter if it's a load of old shit if it's 150 it's the best breakfast you've ever had <laughs> oh my god um now so i am going to jump in because paul is in the waiting room and about Woo-hoo! to join us so uh listeners we will see you on the other side of the sting where we will be sleeves rolled up with advertising copywriter and writer Paul Burke. I'm in Essex at well, the moment, Shenfield. Essex, of course you are. Yeah. No, I'm in Indiana, in the Midwest of America. America, and I am in Los Angeles, in the west coast of America. Is this the point where I go marvellous? Marvellous for what they can do now, isn't it? Uh, but it <laughs> oh, Oh, Ooh. modern technology, eh? Oh, amazing. We were just talking about modern technology before. My husband is really into all the smart stuff, like the AI things. Where are you is on it? that? There's a theory, isn't there, that um, anything that happens uh, before you're 25, you know, it's normal. That's that's you know, like TV and radio. 25 to 35, you go, look at this, it's great, it's amazing. Uh, over 35, no idea what's going on. Really? Magic, yeah. Except that I still don't know how a radio works, yeah, or, or a television. Saying... No, I was just going to slip it in that I still don't know how my um, 1967 copy of Silence is Golden by the Tremolos works on a, on a record. <laughs> you know, big fan. Uh, it's yeah. the favourite. Absolutely. It's better than the 14. <laughs> yeah, I think it is I've too. I've got them all. Call me number one. Uh, you see, Paul, you, you've done your, your research. I, I, I know. I, I always, I, when, when you first <laughs> burst onto the scene with Buddy Song, I... Uh, I yeah, I, re- I remember it from then. Now, I'm going to steer it back because, Paul, you're, you're a writer and, and an advertising copywriter. It's a world that you've mm-hmm. been in for many, many years, how we met. Mm. Lynn was just talking about her husband, Mark, and his uh, smart purchases. What was it you were saying, Lynn, the, the, the geeky stuff he's he, into buying oh, at the moment? Oh, he loves all this, like, so we have smart light switches and smart uh, plugs. So, like, if I want the kitchen lights to go on, I go, kitchen lights on. And in the lamps in the living room and everything, I have to go corner lamp on or like <laughs> lounge plug on. Like, <clears throat> so I don't vacuum even use cleaner on. on. Well, he's got, he calls it Betty. Betty, the <laughs> vacuum cleaner. He calls it Betty and he gets quite concerned if Betty, Betty got stuck under the bed 
last night. And he was like, I haven't heard Betty all day. I don't know where she is. And, uh, Going down the well. No, she was underneath the, the underneath the bed. She'd got stuck on How a are the cable. dogs with Betty? The, the dogs actually do not give a rat's ass about Betty. They're like, what is that? It's noisy. Does it have a snack on it? The way that the dogs <laughs> think is, does it have a snack on it? If not, I don't care. I was going to say, Paul, so you said, uh, what was it, over 40 or whatever, don't care about how things work anymore. Yeah, they care. Mark, as far as he's concerned, he is really into The advertising his works on him. It really yeah. works on him, yeah. What does Mark do then? Is, is he involved in that sort of world? He was. He did study engineering. There you go. But... And, and also, he has randomly, um, he has a patent for opto-telecommunication cord, something like well, that, I don't even know what it is. He's not your average man in the street, <laughs> Well, no. no, no. He's worked for the MOD. He's not, an, yeah, oh, he was yeah, at well, the MOD forever. But the advertising is still working on him, even though he's not yeah. the average man in the street, he's still purchasing the stuff, right? An early adopter. Yes, he is an early adopter, and actually... Um, yeah. That, that's, there you go, that's why you are who you are. Um, that sums him up entirely. He likes to find something that will make life easier, but he likes to find it ahead of the curve, right? Mm, right. So that he, it's not all technology, so if, although there is a lot of it, he's very into, um, like we, ha we grow vegetables in the backyard, so, so we have a sort of allotment in the backyard, and we also have chickens and... He's got all the, like the chickens even have their own camera and they get music played to them and all that stuff. As you said, not the average man. <laughs> no. Which sort of sums up this podcast. Some were saying, and it just goes to prove how mad most people are. And when you just said the chickens have got their own cameras, you go, as if it's perfectly normal. <laughs> I'm surprised Mark hasn't got me to write a song for them. Oh, do you know what? After listening to this, he might. It does strike me as, and, and, and tell me, Miss Ferguson. Um, yes. Uh, does he have controlling issues? I mean, he knows where the chickens are. You know, there is a thing I think that happens with uh, people... Uh, that he he wants things to be okay. Oh yeah. And I and I don't know whether I'm interested in whether marketing and branding has changed over the pandemic, but I certainly feel that for him he wishes to do his part to make things easier because life is a little more precarious at the moment. So he's, he actually isn't controlling at all, like, no, in the sense that I... Well, sure. he's controlling when it comes to, like, how to pack the dishwasher, but then he never does that, so I ignore it. Human relationships, you've hit on number two. Uh, when I was writing one of my books, uh -huh. um, I looked into this, and the, uh, the biggest issue, uh, seriously, uh, between couples is unromantic women, and the second one is... Yeah. Uh, men who want the dishwashers packed properly and that sort of thing, or the towels fold in a certain way. And, and they're not nasty and they're not violent and they're not... But, but it, it's really... And, and once, you see, <laughs> once you see it, you go, yeah, mm. And, and they, they, were the two, they were the two biggest things. That's so funny. Unromantic women. Unromantic women, there you go. What's, what do you mean by an unromantic woman? Is that yeah, someone that can tell that. you... Yeah. What's the definition of an unromantic woman? Yeah. It's, I think it might be me. It was... <laughs> Put that when a couple get married, the woman wants the man to change and hates it when she doesn't. He never wants her to change and hates it when she does. And um, Valentine, Valentine's Day. Is that the woman's fault? It's, 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 no, 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 it's not a fault. It's just the way, just the way it is. 
Um, right. Valentine's Day, get her some roses, bottle of champagne. What's she got to do? Well, nothing. <laughs> we might live on a different planet, I think. <laughs> well, there was a book written about it, wasn't there? Yeah, I had to go on Woman's Hour and uh, defend this position. And to their credit, the, the women who'd come say, yeah, if you spoke to my husband, he'd probably, he'd probably say that. Yeah. You know. It's funny, actually, because if Mark uh, buys me... If he bought me flowers, I'd be like, what have you done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I, I can, actually... can, 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 I just, can I just stop you yeah. there? Um, that In yeah. that sentence, you have absolutely typified uh, what those people go to relate for. He, tried, he bought you flowers as what? a nice thing. Uh, it wouldn't occur to you that it was a romantic gesture and you think he's done something wrong. I mean, there no, you are. he wouldn't buy me flowers. He grows me flowers. He grows you flowers. I think for me, um, I, do, I, I suppose it comes from where we, uh, where our perspective is. But I think that you can generalise about people. But oh, actually, God, yeah. people yeah. exist in a world of a world of specificity. You're absolutely right. And actually, um, oh, well done. Right, I know a big word for the morning. Big right, cliches are cliches because they're true. Most of them. Uh, but that that um, that's a big one, and once 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 you see it, what the hell? That's the cliche horn. Sorry. Neil's cliche horn. He likes yeah. to ring now and again. <laughs> yeah, that's another problem. It's the unromantic cliche horn. <laughs> it, it definitely stops us in our tracks, doesn't it? <laughs> I think, in all seriousness, it goes it goes back millions of years, because um, if a man and woman were to get it on. Uh, the man, it's a few minutes of pleasure, but a woman, it's, it's got far more at stake. She's got to carry a child for nine months, blah, 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 blah. So it, it might have started there, but it, it's, it's, uh, what it's transmuted into is um, accepting a bottle of champagne <laughs> and some roses on Valentine's Day and not doing anything in return. It's you honestly... see, uh, that, that wouldn't, the reason that wouldn't work in our house mm. is because the, our relationship or the one thing that we agreed on when we get married was honesty, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That actually, if you're honest, then I'm yeah. good. Yeah, right? sure. If you tell me what the score is, I'm good. There's a thing about um, the giving flowers and champagne on Valentine's Day because that's what you're meant to do, where I mm. feel it's like dressing up as a policeman and pretending to be, you know... I agree. Like, you don't I just, do that like, at all. Right? Chrissy and I always say, look, I, I, we, we're not buying anything for... Yeah. Even, even birthdays and stuff, we don't really do yeah. with, for each other. You know, we don't do Valentines. We don't, even our, it was our 24th wedding anniversary two days ago. Wow. And we both said a couple of days before, look, we're not, we're not doing anything, right? No. Yeah. Okay. Because we don't need to. And, and like, it, no, you know, we'll, we'll go out for a meal or something or, you know, or go, to, go away together and that'll be our gift to each other you know yeah. see I, so valentine's is a great great example of of p being consumerized isn't yeah. it like oh, yeah. Yeah. totally like you have to do you have to get the card you have to get the flowers you have to get a present or but whatever I, I, I always look at it i know what you're saying and i don't disagree with you but i just think oh it's an excuse come on you know uh, it's an excuse to show the person you love that you love them uh why wouldn't you mm. <laughs> Uh, that, that's that's the other yeah. side of it. Yeah. Um, you know, why not? I think it depends on the couple, really. Yeah. Because um, Neil and I worked with this bloke called <laughs> which we put, you'll have to cut that out. Uh, and he was nice, he was great fun, but he was a miser. And um, he married this woman and he said it's his wife's birthday. And I said, oh, would, would, yeah, what are you doing? What'd you get? You know, just a cliche question. And he went, oh no, I don't buy her a present, you know. 
and we don't believe in that. If she wants a coat, when she needs a coat, I shall buy one for her. <laughs> you just think, oh, who said romance was dead? But that was, that was, that was the man. <laughs> but that is how I am in my relationship. And, I, and I, think, I think we are very romantic, me, me yeah. and my wife, Chrissy. And, and, you know, that's exactly how we yeah. talk about those kind of things. They, they, they you know, you, you it's, are, it's true. I think you're just uh, very fortunate and you've met somebody who's like-minded, you know. Yeah. I think when anyone, when anyone has their first date, you should sit down and go, now, listen, I'm mental. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> Would you just like to explain to me in what ways... Because we all know how we're mental. Oh, we do? I can't bear taking my shoes <laughs> I'm off. I'm a woman and I have no idea how women <laughs> I'm still working on no, that. No, yeah. I, I can't bear taking my shoes off. Whereas Neil... Because um, the yeah. first thing you do when you've got yeah. me on the desk, yeah. take your shoes off. <laughs> Can't stand it. <laughs> Brian Keenan wrote a book called The Evil Cradling when he was captured by um, the Hezbollah. And I just always remember said he, he hated the fact they took his shoes. Without your shoes, you have no dignity. Oh, wow. I think, again, with uh, what we talk about ADHD, for me, it's without your shoes, you can't escape. And I hate that. I just, I just like to be ready to go. We should explain that to the listeners. Paul and I have a common link with our ADHD and we often fascinate yeah. over the, the habits and the things that we, that we do. So that's what you think yours is related to. That's where you think your shoes thing comes from, does it? Yeah. You can't escape without them. I can't yeah, escape. And again, the way we were brought up, I'm dragging you on this, someone, I'm, I'm, I'm not and never was a fighter, but I might have to run away from a gang of skinheads. <laughs> <laughs> what you need is an unromantic woman to sort that shit out for you. <laughs> you just, you know, you might, you, you might get chased or you might actually have to have a fight or something, you know, when you're a kid. So, um, yeah, so you yeah, have your shoes on. Without shoes, you, <laughs> so you would you like judge people on a plane that would take their shoes off? Oh yeah, don't you like judge that. me? For and, sure. and, and people that yeah. come into my house take their shoes off, whereas my wife is the absolute opposite. And when they take their shoes off, yeah, you know, what? what I'm allowed to swear. I'm yeah, knock yourself out, yeah. love. Yeah. What's next? You take all your clothes off. I'll oh, make yourself at home. Why don't you? You know. Whereas other people think it's a sign of respect. <laughs> so when you say wife is the opposite, she turns up without shoes and then puts shoes on when she gets into the house, <laughs> unromantically. <laughs> <laughs> in bed. She cannot bear shoes in the house uh, at all. And it's a constant battle, literally. It's, yeah. it's oh, a thing first world in the Burke like, household. Every day. It's the little things, isn't There's it? There's a guy down our street, right? And, well, I've only ever met his wife. And, and his wife is lovely. And they've got this little dog. And the dog wears shoes all the time. Like, there's a dog and it wears no. shoes. It's got, like, these trainers on. <laughs> and the reason is, is because her husband doesn't like... Um, dirt. He's got. He's like OCD, and he doesn't like muck in the house. No. And so, therefore, whenever the dog goes out, yeah. it wears yeah, shoes. Yeah. Mind you, in LA, yeah. it can be so hot in the summer that yeah, you can't really take your dog out for a walk uh, without having something on their feet because it can give them, you know, burn their ah. the bottoms of no, their feet. No, no, I get yeah. that. I, I understand that, but. Yeah, I, I can only imagine what that man's like when it comes to staying in the dishwasher. I mean, oh, my, can you imagine it? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't Folding the towels. I don't know whether this afflicts you nearly, so I lose things. I find them again. Um, I put my wallet down, I have no idea. Not, I know everyone does it now and again, but, for instance, the reason I don't cook, one of the many reasons, is um, say I was cutting up some tomatoes. I'd lose the tomatoes. I'd go, where are they? You know. <laughs> I mean, I reported my car stolen once and then realised, oh, no, that was yesterday. <laughs> I, I parked it there. 
<laughs> Today I And there, the ladies and yeah. gentlemen, is a window into the world of an ADHD yeah. person, just like that. I mean, just very briefly, run, run through the, every couple you've ever met. Every couple you've ever met. Your own parents, your friends, yourselves. And without thinking too hard, who do you think is the nicer, more soft-hearted one? What do you reckon? Seven, eight out of ten times it's the bloke? I don't. I, I think that maybe you want to open up your circle of friends a little bit. No. <laughs> maybe you might no. need to meet more people. Nope. And the thing is, men don't admit it. If, if I was out with Neil, for instance, he's saying, oh, Karen's not romantic, I don't like it. I, I'd, I'd say, even if I felt exactly the same way, I'd go, oh, shut up. <laughs> That's what we do. So it goes unresolved and undiscussed. I'm telling you. Unsaid. I'm telling you. Unsaid. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, because we don't want to look weak. Buried. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, I, I think what happens is um, a, a romantic person might marry an unromantic person, and then the, the the romantic one craves it more and more. As it, oh, it, it, it's fascinating, but it causes an awful lot of trouble. It's a huge issue. Interesting to share with the listeners that don't know that world how the process works with. Obviously, you're a copywriter. What happens before that is you get a brief from a creative director and before that, um, a strategist and um, a client will meet and talk about what they want to achieve. I don't know if there's um, you can share a little bit, Paul, about the process and how it works and what happens and yeah. how you're briefed before you come up with your magic and basically how you suck people in. And that's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happens, I'm trying to think of the, cli the clients that we've worked on together. You know, there'll be people like British Gas or Barclay Card or Sainsbury's and they appoint an advertising agency to do their ads for them. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of digital stuff now, but basically it was always um, posters, press, television and radio. And then there's a media agency that say, right, you've got X amount of money to spend. Uh, we think you should go on posters or we think you should go on TV. And then once that's decided, they write a brief. Um, what we're trying to achieve is this. So we've got a new product. The new Volkswagen Golf is this and it's good because of that. Uh, and we'd like a 30-second radio commercial or a double-page press ad. And you, you usually work in teams of two. Uh, known as a writer, which was me, because I've got no visual sense whatsoever. So I can, they, they kept me away from the visuals. I just used to do the, the words. And an art director who looks after the visual side of things. I mean, it's not to say that I couldn't come up with a visual or he couldn't come up with a line, but you tend to work in, in pairs. And yeah. then you do it, then it goes back to the client. And, you know, there's all sorts of... That, that's basically what has always happened and still sort of does. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't think it's, it's even, I just think it's raising awareness. And all we do in advertising, all we do is simplify and exaggerate. Simplify and exaggerate. That's all we do. Just take something simple from the brief and just exaggerate. Do you it. think yeah. that advertising is based on, because the thing that I wondered about consumerism generally is that it uh, attaches itself to people's feeling of discontent. Yes. So that advertising is really offering solution. Like, you feel a bit shit today, here's a solution. Yes. Oh, you got a bit of gas going on, here's a solution. Like, so that really what you're looking for when you're copywriting is you're looking for what the solution is that will attach to the consumer. Would yeah. you say that was uh, about some, right? Sometimes it's a straightforward, if you like, good thing. Like at, Sains at Sainsbury's, we've got half-price apples. There, there's no, there's no yeah. downside to that. But very often, yeah, as you say, it can be. And it can... 
I mean, it's supposed to be aspirational. Not so much now. I think people have wised up to that. But when we were kids, there'd be ads for Martini with all these glamorous people on yachts and things like that. <laughs> milk tree, milk tree, man. Oh, the lady loves. Exactly. Only um, the romantic one, though. Yeah, exactly. Getting another bloke diving off a helicopter to bring a woman a box of chocolates. Yeah, imagine that the other way round. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, love. Put the kettle on. Yeah. <laughs> Aspirational advertising quite often. But what they do now, which doesn't make sense, is they have, and this might sound like the rantings of an old game, perhaps it is, uh, they, they, they have young people in ads for products that young people will never buy. Cars especially. I, mean, I, I was watching this ad in, for Mercedes, and I know this Mercedes A-Class is about £24,000, and hey, there's this young girl buying it online, and you're just thinking, young people don't really do that yeah. but 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 we're supposed to aspire yeah. to be young uh and i'm, I'm not right, yeah and i'm not sure they've got that right um and also advertising is possibly the most ageist business nearly tell you i mean you get to sort of 40 45 and you, you're not allowed to work there anymore you're just sort of it's weird <laughs> I was just saying, you know how Apple got the um, iPhone away? Is If you remember, there was a thing called a Palm Pilot. It was a little computer. Yeah, I had one. Yeah. As a nation, as a people, we didn't really go for it. We didn't, we didn't really like it. It was a computer. And, and, and we, we didn't want a computer in our pocket. We didn't really like it. And Apple wanted us to buy their computer. So all they did was put a reasonably cheap phone in their computer and called it a phone. And this phone does all these amazing things. They just switched it round. Yeah. So uh, we loved our phones. We loved our little Nokias. Have you seen these new Apple phones? I remember doing it. Yeah. Um, and the early adopter, I'm yeah, sure, had true. one very... And so we bought a phone. We, the, the, the phone's a computer. Uh, we bought the computer, sorry, because they called it a phone. And that's how that, that's yeah. consumerism. I see. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's very clever, isn't it? Very, yeah. very clever. And there are clever little things. The other one is um, uh, frequent use shampoo. And I know this was worked on shampoo. All it is is the regular shampoo watered down, uh, yet they charge the same for it. So it's cheaper to make because uh, it's half water. And then they do that brilliant <laughs> thing where they go, um, frequent use, yes, use it every day. Wash, rinse, repeat. So <laughs> use four times as much of this weak shampoo that and costs the same as And you are being rinsed and repeated. Yeah. You're being <laughs> rinsed. Absolutely yeah. are. Proper rinsed yeah. and repeated. But yeah. surely the big market in corn has to be water. Right, that we yeah. go like yeah. the yeah. bottles of water because these people are not water companies; they are plastic bottle manufacturers. Right? right, like mm. they are not. I mean, we never it. had it when we were growing up. We were never there was no such thing as bottled water. Yeah, no, quite. I mean, we drank from the tap and and uh, fountains or whatever. So I think if you just said to that generation of yeah. of people, you know, at one point you're gonna pay, you're gonna pay five dollars for a bottle of water at the airport. Uh, all, and the rest, um, yeah. I, I think they would have thought we were bloody mental. Yeah, and coffee totally. as well. You well know, yeah. Starbucks and things, that were, you know, not that long ago, we wouldn't know what that was. Um, I mean, I use it and I don't mind paying for a coffee because I'm using their Wi-Fi. I'm one of those wankers that sits in the corner with his laptop. But people just go in and buy a takeaway <laughs> coffee. shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? How very dare you? How very dare you? Yeah, I mean... We uh, we will buy stuff, that, um, but then sometimes it's there's a reason for it. I remember this actress saying that she was absolutely skint, absolutely skint. Didn't have enough, well, she had just enough money to pay her rent. I'm making this up, so it was 25 quid. And in the front window of a florist's, she saw this astonishing bunch of flowers. 
Now she was romantic, uh, and she bought the flowers. <laughs> she, she, she spent her rent money, the twenty-five quid on the flowers, and they said, "Well, that's insane, is it?" She goes, "No, I've remembered those flowers forever." And so sometimes, what seems yeah. to be irrational, uh, there's method in the madness. In fact, that, that's a th- that's got to be a theme for. <laughs> For this podcast, yeah. method in the madness. Also, I think that method in the madness. There is yeah, a thing definitely. with certainly with consumerism that, like, because I noticed this with my teenagers, um, who who actually are a little they're a little out there, but that a lot of marketing or consumerism is tribal, right? Mm. That like we go to Starbucks because other people go to Starbucks, and the people who go to Starbucks seem to be my sort of people, and therefore I know that like even your dad Chesney with his like. One pound fifty breakfast. Like I'm going <laughs> here from a one pound fifty breakfast because the people who are here having a one pound fifty breakfast are yeah. my kind of people. Yeah, because that's what Do they you know? talk about yeah. on the table between each other. Be like, can you believe this breakfast? Only one pound fifty. I know it's now amazing. I'm coming here again, aren't you? Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow, mate. <laughs> So much of it is about company. It's so true politically because I don't know how much of the Brexit debate you followed, but I always think that um, the, the people who voted Remain, who were so passionate about the EU, oh, it's the most marvellous thing, didn't give two shits about the EU only a year before. But what happened is they saw, and the BBC made sure they saw, um, people who voted, um, who wanted out and were voting for Brexit. And they always got, oh, I don't, you know, I don't care, you know, I want them foreigners out. And that these people were horrified, the so-called liberals. Oh, my God, I'm not like that. Uh, so just to prove they weren't like that, if you questioned them on, on the EU and what it was and everything, I don't think they really cared either way, but they did not want to be in that tribe. And mm. if the Remainers had been the sort of knuckle-draggers um, saying, yeah, I, I, we want this... Um, trade deal just for white Europeans. We don't want to trade with Africa, let them starve, which is sort of true. Uh, they would have all voted for Brexit. It, it, you're so right. It, it's um, One tribe seemed to be doing one thing, so they were horrified and, and, and didn't want to be part of that tribe. Um, and and, and yeah, yeah. Ab- advertising can work like that as well. You, you don't want to be... You do want to be part of the in crowd, but very often you don't want to be part of the out crowd, so you won't buy... That brand. Well, see, I think that that's where we wander into a very dangerous zone, right? Where news is no longer news, instead it is advertising, mm. right? Mm. That um, news is not the reporting of stuff. See, I totally disagree with you on Brexit, I expect. But then that's because, for me, my thing about Brexit was that there were uh, tax laws coming through that, um, that a whole load of people didn't want to pay tax on. And so, therefore, they were like, right, let's get out of Europe. Um, And I also am pissed about it because um, my kids would have been able to work in loads of different places, but now they can't. So, Mm. um, but I get it that we are all being sold to all the time. Like, in America, just dealing with the uh, election in November, even still... Right, where we're like, oh my God, can someone actually... Go? How about the Republican Party talk some politics? How about there is politics? And, and, and two with the Democrats. Everybody's yeah. so busy selling their commodity rather than just getting their shit done. I'm like, I don't care if you want to be famous. Just, like, sort shit out. Fix the roads. For right. America, it looked like, to me, that um, Hillary Clinton just handed it to Trump on a plate by... by saying these people, again, it's that tribe, these people are thick, these people are stupid, and they didn't yeah, like it. Basket you know? of deplorables, Basket right? of deplorables, yeah. 
Uh, and you can't, oh, yeah, you can't sort of are, but I think maybe Putin might have had something to do with that. <laughs> so I think that technically you get into a thing where you go, and America also, uh, probably, you know what, Paul, probably the whole problem with Hillary is she's an unromantic woman. And she just like <laughs> with everybody because she's so. If she just took flowers and allowed uh, Bill to stick his cigar wherever he wanted and say, Yes, it's all fine, then everything would have been fine and she would have been president. But the problem with the whole world is these women with their opinions, no, wondering no, she... about, not understanding that men are always the nicest. <laughs> no, but she was. She she was a doormat, wasn't like she? It is, Lynn. She was a doormat. Imagine putting up with a creep like him. Give me an example. How he was unfaithful all over the place, uh, and and that's pretty much the truth. And that is her fault. No, it's not her that fault. But her she fault. should she should have told her f- off years ago, wouldn't you? You married to a creep like that? Well, I would. Yes, there you are. You know. And what happens in the UK, I don't know about the US, is it's so patronising towards women because um, what they do is the man is always the idiot. Oh, he's a bit stupid, isn't he? Don't look at him, the klutz. But the woman's sort of sassy and cool and she'll sort it out. Don't you think that is so insulting to women? Uh, suggesting that... Uh, interestingly. But, but no, you, can't no. la- you can't laugh at them. You know, you can laugh at the man. He's a good old boy, he can take it. But, but the women are treated like a fragile... Um, little minority and they're not i mean i've got four sisters very you know strong-minded wife very strong-minded mother and daughter um i don't recognize i I, women are every bit as smart and every bit as stupid as men so why don't they why aren't they treated equally but with advertising i think that's to do with i think it's a historical thing advertising sits along with the curve it doesn't go against what like this a zeitgeist is or whatever no it reflects it it. reflects it it does Mm. But if you look at what's interesting, actually, I used to when I was doing stand up in London, Friday nights were always kind of easier because it was people who were, um, you know, tended to be with people from work, right, mm-hmm. or like just like single or hanging out, and uh, Saturday nights were couples, and they uh. were the hard ones, <laughs> and actually, an audience of couples is run by the women. It is. Well, like, I, I, so, I, I, and it's one of the things I have about women where I just go, I wish women would just go, cut this shit, man. I'm not going to be mean about other women and I'm not taking shit from him either, right? Yeah. I'm just, like, moving forward. Because, <laughs> like, if you met me and Chrissy, Chesney's wife together, you would run for the hills. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I very often do. <laughs> and the way women are... are um, sort of referred to and uh and not favored but just sort of treated like they're sort of delicate it, it, it's not it's not a model of um the female of the species that i recognize i just recommend do you not think that's changing though paul yeah. no I, I i still think they're um it, it's all, almost the reverse instead of i mean ads were terrible in the 70s you know uh, get your wife to buy you know, to, uh, get your wife <laughs> <a> hoover <laughs> exactly yeah. it, it really was all that but, um, you know, it's like I remember going to see um, a, a comic, a stand-up quite recent, not quite recently, it was way before COVID, called Bridget Christie. Uh, he's married to Stuart Lee. Very funny, very feminist, but part of it, I thought, oh, f*** off. Um, I'm, don't, 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 ge- <laughs> don't generalise about men like that. I'm not like that. Neither are my friends. Neither was my dad. Off. Would you have minded if she'd said the thing about men? If you yes. look at couples, the man's always the nice one. Would you have liked that? Um, that uh, I, I'm just—I was just asking you to um, 
think about them. And when I think about them, that's what I think. Do you know, I don't think about men and women. I think about humans. Me too. I don't really I actually think, do. Right? So I don't really think about whether someone's male or female unless I'm shagging them. <laughs> <laughs> but right? I think in advertising, they do. They really do. The, wimp, the woman right. always sorts it out. The man's always a twat. And that's not fair to anyone because it's not a reflection of society. But then advertising doesn't reflect society. It has 24-year-olds. So you think it's like just ge a generalisation of, of character? Well, it's usually... I mean, I might do a piece for a newspaper about um, beware the overcompensators. You know, the super woke male. And you think, yeah, I know. Yeah. Mm. Some, some of us got long memories. I remember you behaving very inappropriately, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. mm. Never mind all this. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. <laughs> There's a big agency, big agency in London called um, Adam and Eve. Uh, that is the biggest yeah. agency in town, Adam and Eve. And on international, well, Wednesday, that's sexist itself. It should be Eve and Adam. Jesus. <laughs> no, you've preempted it. On International <laughs> Women's Sorry. Day, these books change the name to Eve and Adam. You think, oh, I bet, oh, they, I bet those women who were kidnapped by Boko Haram are very grateful for you uh, changing it around. I mean. How tokenistic and patronising and disgusting was that? There's a lot of that going on right now, though, isn't there? Yeah, but and that's the other thing that, that, that advertising and consumerism do now. They all have to have a social purpose. Um, hey, we're making mm, the world a better yeah. place. Now, Neil, you can imagine this happening. So I'm in Sainsbury's, <laughs> and they had a, a thing, a sign, and it just said... And they, they were being photographed by this sign, two people from Sainsbury's. It said, supporting the LGBT community. And I couldn't resist it. I said, oh, that's good. So, so what is it you're doing then? Is there somewhere I can donate, you know, is it, to charities? Well, well, no, we're educating people. OK, educate me. Um, tell me about the LG, how you're supporting the LGBT. Well, they suffer a lot of discrimination. No, 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 sure, yeah, and it's good that you're... So how are you supporting them? And then I felt I was bullying this person. So, and she said, um, oh, you have to talk to our press office. And it turns out... They weren't doing anything. Mm. They, 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 on their website, it says, we are an all-inclusive employer. Yeah. Uh, and you think, oh, so you, you want praise for stuff you're supposed to do anyway. In fact, it would be illegal not to do. And, and you get a lot mm. of brands now jumping on a bandwagon that's, and, and fighting battles. I'm not saying that are already won, but if Sainsbury's had put that up in 1982, now, you know, yeah. that, but now something like Pride has become part of the mainstream. Suddenly they're all over it. Uh, and there is an awful lot of that. So you think it's like it's disingenuous? Yes, it, it is. They're just basically jumping on the bandwagon. Jump, jumping on a bandwagon. Of, of what, what is, what's cool at the moment. Well, what's, what's, what's virtuous? Yeah. Everyone wants to be seen as nice. Yeah. Uh, virtuous. And, yeah. and, and I'm not saying they're horrible, but if, you, if, if they said, yes, actually, 10% of our profits are going to the Terence Higgins Trust, great, brilliant, you are supporting them. But when you dig, not even dig down, when you just scratch the surface, you find they're doing nothing at all. You know, just... Yeah. And a lot of them dodge their taxes and things like that, the things that would make it better for society. Because there would be queues, and I just said to them at the end, I said, I'll tell you what you could do for the LGBTQ community, open a couple of tills, you know, because everyone would benefit from <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that would be more use than what you're doing now. Uh, but, you know, but, that's good. I mean, <laughs> that's very good. But ad advertising is, is a really, no matter how they pretend otherwise, that they've been engaged in this thing in advertising, pretending to be left-wing. I mean, you, you could barely think of a more right-wing um, 
business and advertising, it capitalises on capitalism. Its whole raison d'etre is to um, get stuff out there and sell it and make a lot of money, and that's fine, but Mm. don't pretend to be left-wing. Don't pretend you care, Mm. because you don't. Yeah, (laughs) but it's all part of the zeitgeist of what's happening right now, and you don't want to seem to be left behind, especially now, because it's the whole cancel culture thing. I I think it's it's dull middle-aged men, you know, who are, yeah. who are desperate to be seen, hey. <laughs> I mean, I had this thing quite recently you know, with people, because I do a lot of radio commercials, so we'd cast this girl, girl, woman. I, I'm so old, I call anyone under 60 a girl. So um, we'd cast her lovely voice, and then at the end they said, can we get a woman of colour? I thought, oh, here we go. I said, it's radio, <laughs> you won't be able to see her. However, that's fine, what do you want? Indian, Pakistani, Jamaican, but what, what accent do you want? Well, we don't want the accent. Well, again... How will we know she's not white? I don't understand. We won't be able to see her. Oh, yes, yes, you're quite right. Can we get someone from the LGBT... Right, OK. Um, again, an, act- an actresses or actors' um, sexuality is their own business. Unless she comes on and goes, do you know, I'm a lesbian and I think blah, blah, blah. And then they sort of back down. But they just say these things thinking they're being right on. And they're just being... Diversity is a big issue, right? Yeah, because what I could have said to them is said, don't be so f-ing stupid. Uh, the law's here to protect everyone. <laughs> and, it, and if, if you are going to deny this original girl work because of the colour of her skin, you are breaking the law uh, and you can't mm. do that. Mm. Uh, and they don't see it like that. I, I don't think they were racist, yeah. but what they were doing was racist. And, and they can't. You can't. It, it's, we've got to treat everybody the same, you know. If they wanted a black person, yeah. that's fine. But if you're saying, if you can't even see the person, then, then you're just doing it for all the wrong reasons. Interesting. I find that now I am more out of touch with things, and the more out of touch with I get with things, and the more uh, concerned I get as to whether I'm even relevant. So I had mm. a discussion last night with my eighteen-year-old about his friend, who is, in fact, I've met quite a lot of non-binary kids of late. Yeah, me too. And they want to be called they, and I said I really am struggling with it because <laughs> they. Well, why is that funny? Why is it funny? Because, um, yeah. why? I think it's funny because if, um, say, say you identify, say you're born a boy and you identify as a girl and you say, uh, I've got something wrong with my penis or my prostate or something like that, uh, then suddenly you're a boy again because you, you need that. It, it, it just doesn't treatment. seem... You need that treatment. I mean, because I had that a similar discussion with somebody, who, who, a young person who said, um, yeah, if you, if you present as a, a, a woman, or identify as a woman, sorry, uh, then you are a woman. So I said the obvious thing. Uh, I said, so I'd like to wear a, an Afro wig and black my face, and I'm, I'm going to identify as Jamaican. Is that OK? And she said, well, of course. It's I said, no, seriously, it's, it's either both or neither. So one person's allowed to dress up as something he isn't, and... Uh, or, or something he wasn't born as, and he, he's allowed to get away with that. But if, if I try to do that for another race, I'm not allowed to. I, I don't care. I don't care either way. I think it's different between race and gender, because you get gender in all races, whereas, like, you're, that, you're talking about what something physically looks like. And actually, the, the thing that my son explained to me that I... Because I said, the problem I have with it is it's plural, and I've grown up my whole yes. life like it's grammatically wrong. Yeah, yeah, it is annoying. Yeah. Isn't it? But he said actually that's the point. I said what? And he said, well, it's sort of the point where uh, they they are sure they are they are both. 
right? So it is kind of plural. And the thing that, why I asked why you laughed is because I find as I get older, I get defensive about things that I don't understand. And when I don't understand them, I reject them. I feel uh, insecure about it. And I found myself be it trying to dismiss it. And then I was like, wait a minute, who the f am I to decide what someone else calls themselves? If someone wants to call themselves they, when did I become the queen of all Sheba? and uh, be able to, like, dismiss it or decide it's not appropriate. If that person wants to be um, identified as they, that honestly is their business, and I couldn't care less, and I would respect their right. But no one, especially as a stand-up, you must realise, no one has the right not to be laughed at for a choice they've made. And if, if I think that's funny, it's funny. I you know, would I... prefer to laugh at someone for their foolishness or their grandiosity rather than something that, that they've struggled with. If they for have... a great deal of these people, yeah. um, they've struggled with it. Mm. And it's like, so uh, for example, uh, if someone's been struggling with schizophrenia, then I wouldn't be going, ha ha ha, hilarious. Am I just another voice in your head this evening, right? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be the joke that I would make. No, but what, what you wouldn't laugh at, and quite rightly, is mental illness. Whereas this, I'm not sure, is mental illness. But I don't think it's grandiosity. Do you think it's grandiosity? I don't think it's grandiosity. I think it's, um, I think it's a choice they've made that they're entitled to make, and no one should be um, persecuted or hurt because of their choices. But sometimes those choices are funny. And I find it slightly ridiculous, as you do, um, it's, it's more the grammatical... It just Maybe I've just been alive too long and I, I uh, just used to people being either boys or girls or going through a full sex change. And, again, that's always gone on. And, and nobody minds. Yeah. But the, I think the point is I don't care. or don't, I think don't mind is a better way to put it. Because don't care makes me sound mm. like I can care less about them. I don't mind. That's up to you. But some people... Um, sort of define themselves by, by that sort of choice. And I think there could be so many other things about them. Uh, they could be kind, they could be talented, they could be a concert pianist, they could be all sorts of things. Uh, and I, th I find the qualities of a human being more important than, than what pronouns they want to use. I couldn't care less about it. But now, again, I, th I think we're talking about different people. There, there will be some for whom it is grandiosity yeah. and many, many uh, for whom it's not. So, I, yeah, so now and again I might find it Differentiation, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Okay, so Paul, um, as you are our fabulous guest today, um, <laughs> we, we always ask our guests to, uh, to choose a song that either makes them uh, happy or brings back happy memories or, or a sad song, which maybe, you know, is melancholic for them or takes them back to a time that, uh, you know, brings a tear to their eye. Um, so I uh, have asked you um, previously what song you would, uh, you would like to hear. And what is that song? Uh, the song that makes me, I don't know about sad because it doesn't take me back to a place where I was unhappy, uh, is Ain't No Pleasing You by Chaz and Dave. Now, okay, so before that's great, good to know. Now, before you explain <laughs> that, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Before you explain uh, why uh, that song uh, brings back those memories or makes you feel uh, sad, uh, let's hear it. This is my version of it. I've recreated this in my studio, so this is just for you. It's our little gift for oh, you. Oh man, alive! I'm flattered. Just for you, Paul. This is Chesney Hawks performing "Ain't No Pleasing You." Well, I built my life around you. Did what I thought was right, but you never cared about me. Now I've seen the light, oh darling. 
There ain't no pleasing you You seem to think that everything I ever did was wrong I should have known it all along Oh darling There ain't no pleasing you You only had to say the word And you know how to it You had me where you wanted me But you went and blew it Now everything I ever done Was only done for you But now you can go and do Just what you want to do I'm telling you Cause I ain't gonna be made to look a fool no more You done it once too often What do you take me for, darling? There ain't no pleasing you And you seem to think that everything I ever did was wrong I should have known it all along Oh darling There ain't no pleasing you You only had to say the word And you know I do You had me where you wanted me But you went and blew it Now everything I ever done Was only done for you But now you can go and do Just what you want to do I'm telling you Cause I ain't gonna be made to look a fool no more You done it once too often, what do you take me for, oh darling There ain't no pleasing you Oh darling There ain't no pleasing you So there we had Chesney Hawks performing Chaz and Dave's Ain't No Pleasing You. Well done, Chaz. Well done, mate. Chaz. Thank you. Chaz. That is sung so much better than Chaz. Because uh, <laughs> the trouble was, and I'm serious, it, it, it makes very serious points, uh, the points we discussed earlier on that go unspoken and unresolved. And it's been hidden yeah. under the most appalling... Not, not your one, the original version. People forget. It's an old ball round the yeah. Joanna pub sing-along. Chas Audrey yeah, couldn't yeah. sing to save his life. I, I'm, I'm deadly serious here. You should release that. Uh, your voice is perfect <laughs> for brilliant. it. brilliant. I agree. It's brilliant. And, and what I said to Neil is if somebody... Thank you, mate. If somebody ever released a sort of pared-down John Lewis commercial version of that where you can actually hear the poignancy in uh, as I just did then yeah uh, and and the, and the sentiments coming through um, you've got a huge hit on your hands uh, 
I would have to change it grammatically. I, I'd make it there's no pleasing you or everything done. Everything I ever done was wrong. Is that I thought about changing that, those, but then I thought, no, I can't because it's it's how it was written. You know what I mean? <laughs> Re-record it. That's I, I awesome. That. Ch- Chesney, that was I, I, that actually has made me sadder. It, it, happier but sadder than the original because <laughs> the original was easy to laugh at. But that was absolutely yeah. sensational. And I never say that. I'm horrible. <laughs> uh, Do you remember when we talked about this and you get you, you emailed me through your song choice and you said to me, you said, I think it's the saddest song ever written. Mm. Yeah. I mean, or Nobody's Child by the Alexander Brothers. You know that one, don't you? <laughs> oh, I do, yeah. Old Shep. Come on, Old Shep. Old Shep. Be country and Western songs generally. But that one is hidden under, <laughs> under layers of pub sing-along and, and Chas Hodges. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wanted to break it down. I mean, obviously yeah. I know that song... Uh, uh, but it's, it, as soon as I listened to, to their version of it, I was like, oh, this would be really good stripped down with just, we'll just do a piano it, or a guitar. You know, I could have done either. Well, but. we all still love you over here. We all still, we all still know your name. It would be a huge surprise for that to come out uh, uh, <laughs> in, in that sort of pared down version. I thought it was beautiful. Absolutely. Well, let's get it in a John Lewis commercial, Paul. Yeah. Yes. Make it happen. Ches, thank you for that wonderful song. Uh, that's our gift to you, Paul. And I'm looking at the much. clock and we are going to wrap up. Paul Burke, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Paul. Absolutely lovely. Really interesting. Um, uh, it's really lovely to meet you. you giving us your time. Well, guys, so... An interesting chat. It's quite feisty, wasn't it? Quite yeah. feisty. It was it feisty. Was, it was. <laughs> Always good to have a bit of grit in the oyster, as the old <laughs> saying goes. <laughs> I thought that was fascinating, to obviously, to Paul, because of what he does for a living, how he has to think a lot about specific groups and target markets. And there's a split, obviously, um, with his, the, the books he's writing, with um, his studying of men and women and how they relate, how they get on, and I guess how he's been um, had to study the genders for for what he's done for a living Mm. over the years. You know, I do respect him. I absolutely don't agree with him in a whole load of things, but actually, um, when I disagreed with him, he he freaking took it, man. And then He 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 would come back at stuff. And I and like I remember years ago, back in the old days, when uh, people would discuss stuff. Like people yeah. would. I used to Actual when I was a debating, college, you yeah, mm. yeah. And, like I used just, to sit around with people and go, "No, it's this and this yeah. is that." And no, it was a good old fashioned debate. It really was. But then we got to a place where where um, I don't know why we don't do it, but. Um, I, uh, he's a sparring partner. I don't yeah. see us going off for a vacation in Hawaii together anytime soon, but I have to say I respected him being so honest about yeah. about who he was and actually in his own way vulnerable. Um, yeah, I agree with that, yeah, you know? completely. Yeah. And, of course, he did, you know, just as we turned off his recording there that the listeners didn't hear, he, he actually said that he was really grateful... Um, and and uh, for, for Lynn, because he, he listened to some of the things that Lynn said and, and actually thought, well, I did have an opinion about that, but maybe I was wrong. So, you know, he was in very, very gracious and vulnerable in that way. Uh, I, th- I think it was, uh, it was great. I liked yeah. it. That's a wonderful observation, isn't it, about, God, back in the old days, we'd all sit around a table and we'd, we'd have a bit of a spar and there'd be back and forth. And, yeah. and that's, wow, that... 
that's we've God, another penny drop moment. <laughs> just feel like we've had that for an hour. And <laughs> yeah. when was yeah. the last time you had that? Because you, you're not allowed to do that anymore with people, right? Because we might upset yeah. someone. I mean, I need a nap now, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm going to go jump out of a helicopter and find my wife with with some milk tray. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if somebody jumped through your window with milk tree, Chrissy would hit them with a standard lamp as well. Yeah, it wouldn't be me. It would be Chris. <laughs> no, you'd be Stand like, Stand back, orcs. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've got this. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the point of it, and, and why I, I hope it was, like, interesting for you listeners, but the point of it is is that I, I feel like in... Um, in the podcast, what we want to celebrate is that we aren't all perfect. We don't yeah. all have the right answers. We don't mm. all agree all the time. And we are really all a bit mental when it comes yeah, down to absolutely. it. Well, apart from you. Yes, you're perfect, of course. That's the right one, right? <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, right then, team, we need to wrap things up for this week. So we do hope every one of you listening has enjoyed the show as much as we have. And don't forget, you have to tell your friends about us, please. Uh, and also give us a like or, an, or a share on the socials. We are all a bit mental.com is our galactic central point. We would really appreciate it if you came and visited us. We'll put the kettle on. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening listening join us next week when our guest will be my pal leslie ash Aww. he loves her i love yeah. her and we will be discussing the topic of strength so until then i've been lynn ferguson yeah in your own time love oh, shit, sorry. he's been neil harrington <laughs> he's been chesney hawks and we are definitely all a bit mental. Oh, hello. Thank you, Bye, everyone. <laughs> You've been listening to We're All A Bit Mental with Chesney Hawks, Lynn Ferguson, Brandon Block and Neil Harrington. Produced and edited for Source Productions by Neil Harrington with plenty of help from Lynn, Ches and Brandon.